So all you have to do is eat healthy, eat smaller portion, cut down on carbohydrates. When we say carbs, rice, pasta, bread and potatoes. Keep it to the minimum. Eat more proteins and the meat is fine and um, uh, vegetables. Welcome in, everybody, to the Run the Race podcast. We hope you are doing well. You know, it is summertime. A lot of folks are out maybe uh, heading to the beach, going on a vacation. This might be a time where folks are thinking about uh, losing weight, getting those beach bodies if it's not too late for that. And so we are talking as we talk about faith and fitness on a regular basis on this podcast, which, again, appreciate you listening to. We're, we're talking specifically about weight loss and your health and getting some medical expertise when it comes to that because there's a lot of ads you see on TV for weight loss pills and quick uh, ways to, to lose weight, whether it's 10 pounds or 50 pounds or whatever else. Well, uh, my guest for today uh, is an expert in uh, the field of uh, medicine as he's been practicing for 41 years, Dr. Bontual Suresh Baliga, who uh, he is um, was born in uh, Bontual, Kamatka, India, and got his degree from Kasturba Medical College. He specializes now in endocrinology, diabetes, metabolism and internal medicine. He's one of the few doctors that's trained in three continents. He started off as a, eventually was a chief physician in India and uh, then actually developed a uh, state-of-the-art snake bite center. We want to talk about that a little bit. Uh, 100% survival rate for folks bitten by cobras there. And so that's pretty cool. We're going to talk about that a little bit. He traveled overseas to the UK and uh, became a member of the Royal College of Physicians of London in 1993, eventually moving to the U.S. in 19. 19- 1995 and uh, was working at the University of Arkansas and then uh, eventually with the Mount Sinai School of Medicine in Manhattan, New York. He was the director of the diabetes program there and then became a chief uh, in Bronx, New York. So uh, he doesn't have a New York accent, I don't think. Maybe. (laughs) That's right. Uh, But he moved here to Columbus, Georgia, where we are now in 2005. He established the East Alabama Endocrinology PC. They have uh, you know offices in Columbus and Opelika and Auburn, and also satellite offices in Lagrange and Athens. So he's all over Georgia and Alabama. Also an associate professor at Mercer University. He's very passionate about bringing the latest technology to folks to help them uh, when it comes to their diabetes, their insulin pumps, and uh, str- you know strongly believes in having technology that's going to help patients live longer. That's our goal here. He's married to a doctor as well with two children. One of them has gone into medicine. But uh, this coming Friday, they are opening a Chattahoochee Institute for Wellness and Weight Management. It's going to be a new state-of-the-art weight loss clinic. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about what they plan to do and what they're going to be doing in that clinic. Uh, It's going to be mostly physician-run, where they're going to be using FDA-approved drugs, keeping patients safe. They're going to also have wearable sensors, which is a very unique thing. Again, that uh, is going to be opening here in Columbus, Georgia on July 14th. And without further ado, after all that introduction, you've lived a long life, Dr. Baliga. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Thank you, Jason, for inviting me. Um, It's like I'm really fascinated. You know, I've been uh, working a long time, right? My journey uh, started a long time back in a very small place called Buntwell. It's a very tiny village. And, uh, and, you know, I worked hard throughout my life and uh, I had to move and I'm thankful to my wife and my kids wherever I moved. They packed their bags and uh, came and joined me. And it's been a very good adventure because I've seen the world and uh, I've seen uh, the disease of diabetes and obesity evolving from uh, in the 1970s until now. 
um, as you can see what is the biggest problem now we are we are all very obese right yeah. we keep on gaining weight the problem is there is something called insulin resistance and part of it is genetics you can't change your genes but 50% is what we do in our lifestyle right so if we can uh, change our lifestyle to the better okay if we understand our body metabolism if we identify what are the hormonal issues that's is preventing us from um, uh, developing obesity and eventually diabetes so there is a term called a diabetic so basically it's a combination of uh, obesity and diabetes together we we term we call it a diabetic so because they are so closely hand in hand they they ravage the body right because when we talk about the weight it is just not the cosmetic uh, weight it's not the shape you know but i'm more worried about what's going to happen to this person in the long run because we know diabetes and obesity they're not innocent events no they have a real implication to real good people like you know all the listeners right so whenever i see patients coming to me with the problem with your weight loss or problem with managing diabetes and i keep on thinking in the back of my mind i'm talking to my patients in the back of my mind i'm trying to assess you i look at you i look at your neck i look at uh, the way you breathe i look at your belly fat and uh, on the side i glance your bmi i look at your blood glucose because as i'm talking to you i want to assess you in total it's not just uh, you come into my office and i write your prescription in your barja no that's not going to happen because this is a lifestyle disease so unless we change the lifestyle we are not going to go anywhere right i can put you on any super medication right it will help you to lose weight but if i do not teach you what you are dealing with if i do not assess you properly if i don't know your body system let's say i don't know what's your insulin level i don't know what's your cholesterol level i don't know what's your thyroid level cortisol level then i'm a bad doctor because then i'm just sitting there to make money by giving you prescription so we don't want to do that so i've been struggling with this for a long time and for patients also you know it's a constant struggle right a lot of patients come to me and when we talk about the weight they sort of uh, their high start welling up they like it's a struggle it's not that they want to eat all the time or they want to gain weight it's not that they're sort of non compliant patient because these are the patients who really have uh, problems inside their body there are hormonal stuff going wrong so that's what uh, i was telling you and you know, one day uh, we were sleeping my wife and me and uh, you know she wakes up in the middle of the night we keep on talking something then that day i said hey why don't we set up a weight loss clinic and uh, normally she shoots down all my ideas but that day she said let's do it <laughs> so th- then we went ahead and uh, got a building and uh, we are renovating it and i'm glad that uh, you know we are going to open it on the 14th of uh, this month yeah we and and i want to talk about you know the clinic and what you guys are going to be doing cuz i mean it's a great thing and and there's also you know we want to talk a little bit about the negative perceptions of that out there of like things people see on TV about weight loss drugs and and different fads and dieting and that kind of thing and uh and but you know also you know uh, in terms of losing weight I mean how you know just to the base of it you talked about how people you know it's a struggle for folks so is it something are there a lot of different ways to do so because like for me I run a lot um and you know for a lot of people it's just they try to like limit carbs or or sugar or those kind of things so is it something that 
uh, is it different strokes for different folks? I mean, is it like really individual how you lose weight? Yes, so you said it right. Because there is no cookie cutter uh, solution for uh, this one. There's no, not one diet fits all, right? So basically what we are trying to do is uh, with this uh, new clinic, so we are going to look at their genetic aspects. We are looking at their uh, basic hormonal issues. For example, what is their thyroid doing? Is their body producing too much uh, cortisol? And how insulin resistant they are? So then we have a couple of machines that will assess your body in much more detail. So we have one machine. It is not just a weighing machine, but it gives you your lean body mass, your fat mass. Uh, it gives us so many of these uh, different uh, additional uh, values for us that will uh, help us to formulate a plan. Then there is another machine where uh, patients uh, sort of recline and there is a tube into their mouth and they breathe in and out through the uh, tube for about 15 minutes. That will look at your uh, basal uh, uh, metabolic uh, needs, your uh, resting energy expenditure. See, when nowadays when you come to my office, we weigh you, right? We get your BMI, that's it. Because that's not enough. We need to have much more data. So we want to do that. Then I will know what is your major problem. Is it one of uh, lack of activity? Is it uh, because you have extreme insulin resistance? Is this because your body metabolism is so slow that even if you eat a very small portion, you keep, keep on gaining weight, right? So once we do that, then uh, we use some other more technological um, uh, advances. For example, you heard about all this sensor technology, right? Yeah. So for in the diabetes field, we use a continuous glucose monitoring system. Uh, that's an amazing, that's a blessing for our patients because if you are sitting quietly, if you are eating, if you're exercising, if you know what are your sugars are, you behave better. So in the old days, you know, it's like a little bit of ostrich mentality. If we don't know, everything is good, right? Yeah. So we can't do that because diabetes is a serious disease. Obesity is a serious disease. So we no, need to know our numbers. And uh, one of the things I want to do is use those sensors. Let's say I, you come to my office and I'll uh, slap that uh, uh, Libre or a Dexcom on your arm. You go home, then that day, you know, you eat your evening meal or uh, you drive through McDonald's or, you know, eat a bagel or a, a donut and you see the sugar spiking, then you're like, oh man, you know. So next time when you eat a food automatically, you may take you make a better choice. Yeah, because you see that the instant results, you're like, okay. It's like almost like if you keep a journal or maybe uh, follow an app like MyFitnessPal and you're seeing like for yourself, you're like, oh, well, maybe I shouldn't eat that or do that because I'm, I'm seeing it for myself. And, and, you know, and you talk about how weight and obesity, it's it's uh, it's a big an issue right here where we are in the South, in the United States, and and uh, and that means a problem everywhere, but especially down here. So how you know how um, important is your weight, that number or whatever your BMI is, to like your health risks for getting you know diabetes, cancer, all these different things? I mean, is it a big factor? Yes, because uh, as I said. Obesity and BMI, they're just numbers, right? But I'm not worried about the numbers. My question is, what's going to do this thing to your body, right? So what are the implications of uh, uncontrolled weight issues, uncontrolled diabetes? So bas basically people, when they are uh, uh, obese and uh, they become um, morbidly obese, then there are real health implications. For example, in the very early stages when you're a child, you know, you're a plumpy child, so that's the beginning stages of insulin resistance. 
if you don't intervene at this stage, then you reach into your adolescence, then you become a teenager, then your insulin resistance keeps on climbing up and up, then you become pre-diabetic, then you become diabetic, then you develop cardiovascular disease, right? So this is like a long spectrum, so it keeps on going up. The idea is how to bring you back normal into the normal range. And not only that, the evidence shows that if you're obese, there is more risk of uh, diabetes, cardiovascular disease, strokes, uh, more risk of fall, more risk of a motor vehicle accident, more risk of cancer, wow. more risk of sleep apnea, male hypogonadism. So th that's why, you know, I keep on telling my patients, don't just, because they get worried, they say, oh, I, I can't lose weight, I can't lose weight. I tell them, don't worry, you know, you become fit. You control whatever you can, then we can help you to lose more weight. So if my patients uh, listen to me, then I'll help them to sort of lose some weight, at least not gain weight. You become more fitter, you become more insulin sensitive. Uh, then um, we'll help you to control your diabetes, we'll help you to control your blood pressure and cholesterol. So these are all the risk factors. So unless we take care of you as a whole person, so I just don't want to say I'm a weight loss clinic. That's why the our whole uh, uh, idea of setting up this weight loss clinic is more holistic approach. I want you to be healthy. I want you to feel well. You know, nowadays that's the buzzword, you know. So mindfulness and relaxation. And we are talking about the longevity because the medicine, the way medicine is moving, now we are talking about uh, longevity. Yeah. We are the Google project and all those things because deep down the road, we know that by using these newer technologies, we can make you much more healthier, safer, and try to keep preserve your organs. Yeah, and, and we make you live longer. Yeah. See, that's the next frontier. <laughs> that's right. We want you to live as long as you can, you know. In a healthy years, way. Years. Preserving oh, yeah. your eyesight, preserving yeah. your heart, your kidneys. So that's why it's a lot of work. And as they say, you know, to raise a child, it takes, it, it needs a village. It takes a village to raise a child. The same thing, to take care of a patient with diabetes and obesity, we need a lot of um, support system. We need a nutritionist. We need uh, nurse practitioners, the PAs, the family practice, internal medicine, endocrinologists like me, right? We all then, plus local support, and a person like you who has a lot of uh, voice in the community, if you're sitting on the TV and you are raising the awareness in the community, that's an amazing service you're doing to the community. Yeah, well, I, I, and, and what you guys are doing is, is amazing as well. And you talked a, bit, a little bit about, we talk about faith on here on the podcast as well. You talked about mindfulness. How important is that for somebody to, like, you know, whatever you believe in, your higher power or whatever, to, for that to be a part of your life where you are drawing strength from something bigger than yourself uh, to be able to, because like, you know, as humans, we're only capable of, of, of so much, but maybe we reach for something higher. You know? Right. No, the faith is very important, right? Because if you have faith, you know, sometimes uh, you get so frustrated with your uh, bodily functions, your disease process, you get so overwhelmed. Where are, where are you going to turn to? You are going to look at your Lord Almighty, right? You say, give me strength, right? Then you sit, you meditate, okay? And that's what I tell even uh, women who come to see me, because one of the things I always see is women in our household, in our life, they always take good care of us. They take care of the kids, the family, they cook, they clean, they go out and work, 
and uh, 24 hours is not enough. So I tell my female patients, Missy, I understand that you are a family person, you want to take care of your family, but you need to be healthy first. Yeah. So I tell them keep about 30 minutes and one hour for yourself. Self-care. Self-care. So that's the time you close down the uh, door, you switch off the phone, then you take your notebook or your phone app, then you write down what you are going to do for the next day because then you can plan your exercise, you can plan your um, uh, activities, you can act, uh, plan your uh, purchase, you know, going to Publix or somewhere, Walmart to buy your groceries. So you have to plan, otherwise you will be running around, then you miss out all these important uh, aspects of uh, health management. So as you know, when uh, we fly on the aeroplane, the aerostasis, if the pressure falls, and the, er the oxygen mask come down, first put it on you, then put it on your child. Yeah, they, they often say that, that, that you, if, you, if you don't take care of yourself, you can't take care of other people. So what's, what's, what's the point with that? And, and with this, uh, the weight loss, you know, you, you talked about your patients saying, you know, I can't do this, it's too hard, or I've tried. And, and like, I remember, you know, before I started running and really kind of focusing on health, you do these yo-yos where you would, I would lose 25 pounds over the course of three months. I'd gain it back over the course of six months and this yo-yo kind of back and forth. So have you found that the, the, the people struggle on diets? Is it kind of a discipline issue or is it uh, maybe the genetic predispositions? Yes, that's a, you said it right because the yo-yo dieting, so the research shows that yo-yo dieting is not good for you. People who are you know, gaining and losing weight frequently, they have even worse uh, outcomes in health. So what, what we recommend is for the patients, you know, it doesn't matter what kind of a diet program you're going to adopt, but uh, sit and uh, read about it and understand it and ask yourself a question. Is it the diet which is going to agree with me in the long term? Okay, no point in doing something for uh, four weeks and then going back to where you started. Because what happens is, regardless of what you do, unless you change your lifestyle, unless change your mindset, because the basic pathology is lifelong. The insulin resistance, you know, it's with you. It's a friend or foe. It's not going to go anywhere. But you can modify that. But once you, you, you know, we know how to conquer insulin resistance. All you have to do is eat healthy, Cut down on carbohydrates, eat smaller portions, exercise, then drink only water. The idea is to keep away from calories as much as you can. If anybody can go on a 800 kilocalories diet a day, they will lose weight. Wow. 800 that, calories. 800 calories, wow. Yes, yes. you that, do that. That, that seems low. <laughs> yes, that's very low. That's called very low calorie diet. Yeah. But that's not sustainable. Yeah. So. What we do is we just relax it a little bit, so 1,000 to 1,200 calories a day. That's part, partly, you know, that's mostly doable for most of the patients. Yeah. 800 is not. But yes, we can jumpstart you by putting on an 800 calorie diet for a week or two. Then you relax you to 1,000 or 1,200. Then we will show you the caloric value of each group. So when you come to my office, that's what we are going to learn. Yeah. Okay, we have all these uh, interactive boards and uh, it will tell you everything, you know. And it's easy nowadays. You, know, you have Google, right? Nothing else, you can Google it. <laughs> uh, right. You know, anything, if you're worried, you Google it, it will tell you the calorific value. Yeah. And not only that, you need to root, uh, read the, um, the food uh, labeling. Yeah, the nutritional so values. Nutritional values. So whatever you buy, when you go to grocery store, you re read at the label. 
And one of the things I tell my patients before you go to uh, food shopping, I want them to eat first. Because if you go hungry, you bring a lot of food back home with you because you're hungry. You the sugar, the sugary cereals, the chips, yes, whatever so else. You, you, you need to find out, you know, they say, you know, outside in the outside perimeter, you get a healthier food. If you go inside, you get all the bad food. Gotcha. So you need to be in the vegetable section and all the healthy food section. The, the fresh stuff, not the uh, preservatives and, and all that stuff. Now, now, do you tell your patients too that like, obviously food is a huge part of it and, and, and taking care of yourself, but exercise, is that something that people are resistant to or people maybe that are not used to it? I mean, even just running and walking will maybe help you, whether, I don't know if it's like three times a week or what you guys recommend. So the recommendation is now... Um, um, 30 minutes of physical activity at least five times a week. Then uh, two times a week uh, resistance training to build up some muscles. Then uh, 10,000 steps a day. Okay. So if you do that, you'll be fine. Okay. And um, then sometimes, you know, patients are so busy doing a lot of stuff and some of them, they are stuck to their table, right? So what we recommend is when they drive to their uh, office, park the car far away, then you can walk. Then don't take the elevator. You climb the steps. Yeah. Then if you're a desk job, you know, run around, you know, move around as much as you can. Go, go the extra mile, just a go, little bit. Yes. So if you, when you come to my office, I'm going to show you something uh, neat. So we have this uh, workstation which can be raised so that a person can either sit or stand and work. Then I have a treadmill underneath. There you go. So you know, let's say I'm talking to you and I can keep on uh, walking on the treadmill. That's my exercise. Yeah, that's great. So that's what I recommend. People uh, who have, uh, especially a lot of people work at home nowadays, right? Yeah. And uh, they can, and they are not that expensive, like about 200 bucks, you can get yeah. a nice. Uh, you can do stuff while you're watching Netflix or whatever exactly, else, right? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, spend those extra calories. Yeah. And the other thing is when you eat a meal, don't sit down or lie down. Hmm. Because when you eat a meal, your sugar start to going up. Then you, when you walk around, that extra sugar goes inside the muscles. Yeah. So because muscles need energy, they they draw that glucose inside the muscle. That's how, if you're diabetic, your sugar will come down. Yeah. So that's very important. After a meal, never go back to sitting or lying down. You walk around. Yeah. And uh, I mentioned earlier about the clinic, which we're going to talk about in just a little bit about um, what you guys are, uh, the different things y'all will, will be doing with this new place. But um, you guys will be using only FDA-approved drugs. Is um, you know we we've seen these commercials on TV. People say, "Oh, uh, I'm going to try so and so," and and it's maybe a drug they've researched, googled, or maybe not, and maybe they've been approved by a doctor, or maybe not. It's just kind of it's something that like is a quick fix. Are those it, can that be dangerous, or are those pretty harmless? The weight loss drugs that are advertised that people try. So, all these drugs they come with their baggage. All right? None of these drugs are 100 percent safe. Right, there are roughly like five different classes of medications for weight loss. Uh, one is one of the old drug called Orlistat, so it prevents uh, fat absorption in the GI tract. So only the problem is sometimes uh, because the fat doesn't get absorbed, it can suddenly come out. You can have a uh, sudden defecation. So that's one of the side effects. Wow. So <laughs> we tell patients to carry extra set of clothes. <laughs> so that's <laughs> why it's not suddenly, really, it's suddenly you, you don't have control. Wow what you call a steatoria. So, but it works decent, uh, decent, but um, it's not one of my favorite. Then there are a couple of oral medications. There is something called a fentermine or adipex. 
FDA is not convinced about the long-term uh, safety of uh, Adipex, so we give it for about three months. It works, you know, you lose some weight, but that's only for a short gap. Then we go with the um, other weight loss management drugs um, approved by the FDA for what we call as a chronic weight loss management. That means you use these drugs, you lose weight, but you continue taking the medication for a longer period of time because it's not only enough to lose weight, but you have to hold on to that uh, weight loss. That's the hardest part is staying hard there. Staying, yes. Yeah. And um, the recommendation is if you use any weight loss uh, medication, you should lose at least 5% of your body weight. If we cannot lose, then we consider it as ineffective, then we stop it because then if it's not going to give you the good effect, that means you're only looking at the bad effects. The side effects. Yeah. Now, now is, is uh, with these medicines, is it something that, you know, I, I've, I've read or, or heard about how, I guess, one of the main purposes is it changes maybe the, um, the, the, the balance or the chemicals or, or the mindset of like, okay, you don't have those urges to eat. Because, I mean, a lot of times, you know, we live stressful lives or busy being moms, dads, and, and working, and, and we reach for the comfort foods. We want, we, we, we are overboard and we go to eat, you know? And so does the medicines, is it changing that? Correct. So uh, the, all these medications, they work on the brain, right? For example, you know, when, let's say you go to Mabella's restaurant, eat that nice cheesecake. So, right, it's so tasty, right? So then you have this uh, dopaminergic release from the back of the brain to the front frontal cortex, and um, that registers that happiness, happy feeling of that good food. So next day you're driving past Mabella's and uh, you start salivating because you remember that taste. Really? So body ma makes you crave. It's the same pathway that uh, drug addicts uh, use to get high. For example, you use cocaine, you snort a little bit today, then next day, same time, they have a desire to do it again, yeah. but at a higher dose. Because every time when uh, you increase the dose, the frontal cortex that suppresses that urge. So to get the same effect, you have to ha have a higher dose now. Wow. So that's how the drug addicts get you know, addicted to the drugs. They cannot stop. So almost like we become food, food or addicts. dopamine addicts. Correct. So that's like a happy, happy hormone, right? So now that's why when we use medications, uh, there's some called chusemia and contrave. So they all work on these pathways to one, those are like dual medications. So one will uh, decrease the appetite, other will take away the cravings. Mm -hmm. So between the two, you don't feel the need to eat much. That's how you lose weight. Then the newer medications, what we call a semaglutide, that's the talk of the town now, right? So we have a little bit older medication called Saxenda, which is available as Victosa in diabetics. Uh, FDA has approved the same uh, Saxenda at a, the same Victosa at a higher dose by the name of Saxenda for weight loss. Okay, uh, the same, the similar, it's a cousin. It's called a semaglutide, cousin on steroids. That's what we call them because much more robust uh, weight loss, um, and uh, th that's called Ozempic for diabetics. Okay, so when um, uh, we use uh, Ozempic, it helps them to control their diabetes much better. But at the same time, we saw that they lose weight in a very significant fashion. Wow. So then they studied in patients without diabetes and uh, they showed very good uh, effectiveness. So the FDA has approved Ozempic for weight loss in the form of what you call Vigovi for weight loss. This is for people without diabetes. Yeah. So those are the drugs. They are called GLP-1 analogs. They are injectable drugs. They are once weekly injections. 
they are not insulin in fact uh, it's very strange i met the person who uh, sort of invented that molecule so when i was in mount sinai i met this guy his name is john eng this is in new york N in new york so he's a endocrinologist but he's a basic uh, bench researcher so somebody brings him a saliva of the gila monster you see you heard about <laughs> really? gila monster wow yeah that saliva he brings it he says hey john there is some medicinal value here to it. Why, why don't you look at it? So he goes to his lab and he starts uh, testing it. Then um, he cleaves out this molecule called a glucagon-like polypeptide 1, GLP-1, out of the pro-glucagon molecule. And he starts injecting into the diabetic uh, hamsters. And uh, suddenly, after a few days, uh, the diabetes disappears. This is not something from Spider-Man. No, the this, <laughs> is, this is the, <laughs> the real, real stuff. Thing. Wow. So th that's why, you know, so what happens is when we eat a meal, and uh, there are something called L-cells in the intestine, they release this molecule called glucagon-like polypeptide one that goes to the pancreas and releases insulin. But when you become diabetic, that mechanism sort of uh, shuts down. Wow. But when you take these Ozempic-like medications, you can raise that mechanism back to normal so that now they get a better insulin release. Yeah. And not only that, these molecules, they go to the brain and uh, stimulate the satiety center. So even before you eat your meal, you're full. You don't feel the urge to eat because your cravings will go away. Uh, you don't think about the food that much. Hmm. Uh, see, that's all in um, diabetes and obesity. It is how many calories they go in. It's like a bank account. If you keep on adding money in it, bank, bank account becomes bigger and bigger. Mm -hmm. So now you have to spend it, right? You know, if you can't spend it, at least you should not put extra money. The same thing, if you can uh, control your uh, urge to eat, if you bring down the calories that go inside your body, at the same time, increase your calories, then half the battle is won. Yeah. Well, I, I discovered years and years ago, I, I started running 10 years ago and then uh, long distance running seven years ago and I discovered I, you know, I really love food so if I run you know a lot then I can like fuel up with food and then I'm fine <laughs> I don't gain the weight but I don't necessarily lose weight so you have to really but uh, you talked about different ways and, and how figuring out kind of the, the the a lot of more data about that person before we figure out what's really going to help them lose weight. And so at your new place, uh, Chattahoochee Institute for Wellness, Longevity, and Weight Management, you guys are going to assess, you know, underlying metabolic issues and genetic predisposition and, and hormonal issues. And, and then, so there's going to be individual diet and exercise plans and nutrition counseling, cognitive behavioral therapy known as CBT, yoga classes, cooking classes, exercise, physical physiology. So um, tell me, how, how is it going to work in terms of, you know, people coming there and uh, will they it have to be referred by a doctor or will they just kind of show up or? So uh, we don't need referral. So patients can, uh, uh, once we are uh, really ready, we will advertise with the telephone numbers. Um, then we have a website, patients can go in there and uh, ask for an appointment. Then we bring one by one. So the first visit will be just assessment. So we will do some lab work. Um, if they have had a childhood obesity, then we look at their genetic structure. Uh, because there are certain genetic uh, uh, syndromes, um, you know, they're so rare. Unless you do those testing, you won't know. The second thing we'll do is we'll, for most of the patients, we'll look at their insulin levels. That will tell us how insulin resistant they are. Then we look at their thyroid, because that's one of the overlooked uh, because even if you have uh, what we call as a subclinical hypothyroidism, 
because thyroid hormone is very important in maintaining your basal metabolic rate. Hmm. So when your basal metabolic rate is low, one of the question is, do you have enough thyroid hormone in your blood? So that's why we look at a full thyroid hormone level, not just the T4 and TSH. But even when you look at the TSH, you know, sometimes the TSH looks normal in the normal range, but actually that normal range is not physiologically normal. So although the range is like 0 0.45 to 4.5, if your TSH is three, you think that you're fine. In fact, you're not, because you need your TSH below two, around one o'clock, um, around one uh, or slightly below that. So we are going to look at uh, what we call a subclinical hypothyroidism. Then we look and see whether you have something called Hashimoto's thyroiditis, whether we'll see whether you have celiac disease. Then we look at something called subclinical Cushing syndrome. Now, Cushing syndrome is when your body produces too much cortisol from your adrenal gland. So uh, many a time it's, uh, it's very rare. And when people have Cushing syndrome, when they walk into the office, most of the time I know just by looking at them, hmm. they will have this uh, round moon face. They have got uh, uh, fat uh, behind their nape of the neck, what you call as buffalo hump. They will have a big belly fat and uh, they will have like um, a pinkish striae. And uh, you know, just appearance, we know that they have a Cushing syndrome. But there is something called a subclinical Cushing syndrome where they don't have florid manifestations of Cushing syndrome but they have the beginning stages of uh, insulin resistance and a higher cortisol level. So that needs a little bit of dynamic testing. So we give a tablet uh, called dexamethasone at night time. Next day morning, they come and do the blood work. And then uh, that will tell us whether they have a subclinical Cushing syndrome or not. So then um, we have two machines. One will, uh, like a weighing machine, but it's much more advanced. It uh, measures bioimpedance. It will tell you your uh, it's just not the BMI, so it uh, delves deeper into your uh, whole uh, uh, composition of the fat and the muscle and everything. Then there is another machine where you lie down for about 15 minutes uh, listening to the music. Or that sounds like we'll give it <laughs> <laughs> Yes, then you'll have a tube in, in your mouth, you'll breathe in and out through the tube for the next 15 minutes. So that will tell me how, you know, even resting, how much calories you're burning. Is, is how does somebody know uh, whether they maybe need to go to like a place like this, a weight loss clinic versus like, hey, I just need to be more disciplined with my eating or my exercise. And because of a lot of people, they, they're just not disciplined. They may be disciplined for, you know, two weeks or two months, but it's just not consistent with it. How do we know like where there's a medical issue that needs to be handled for us to be able to, you know, kind of, uh, get to our goals so my recommendation let's say you want to do your on your own that's fine with me because basically there's so much resources available on the internet nowadays even uh, our website we will put enough information even if you don't want to come and see me on that website they can learn a lot of stuff about themselves and um, my recommendation is let's say I want all of you who are listening Okay, so sit together today and drop uh, points one by one. So one thing is you have to make up your mind that I need to be healthy. Mm -hmm. See, that's the most important thing. I need it, help. Yeah, I, yes, I need help. Now the question is the help, does it come from inside, from outside? Okay, let's say you have some financial issues, you're afraid to go to any doctor's office where you have to spend money, but you can do it on your own. So all you have to do is eat healthy, eat smaller portions, cut down on carbohydrates. When we say carbs, rice, 
pasta, bread and potatoes. Keep it to the minimum. Eat more proteins and the meat is fine and um, uh, vegetables. Avoid fast food perhaps. Yes. <laughs> Canned food is not good, fast food is not good. Once in a while for a good behavior you can go and uh, try out <laughs> something but uh, I, I do not recommend that but, uh, uh, but you, you have to focus. Then as we mentioned in you know, 10,000 steps a day, you know 30 minutes of physical activity every day, two times a week uh, you know resistance training to build up your muscle. Then I want you to improve your sleep because there is a lot of uh, connection between lack of sleep and obesity and uh, other health issues. So you need at least seven hours of sleep every night. Yeah. So what happens is when people sit at night and watch late night TVs, all these soap operas, what do they do? They, they raid their refrigerator. Yeah. They bring an ice cream, starts with one scoop. By the time you realize the whole uh, box is gone. Bag of chips, Bag cereal, of cereal whatever. popcorn and yeah. everything. So, so I tell me the people, you know, some of them, they tell me, dog, I stay awake at night, I can't fall asleep, then I keep on watching TV, then I keep on uh, eating. Then I said, okay, from tomorrow, you're going to go, go to bed at nine o'clock in the night. Mm. You shut down everything, you go to sleep, mm. don't get out. See, because if you're asleep, you're not consuming any calories. And if you're looking at your phone, those screens right before bed, it's probably not the best recipe for going to sleep. Correct, so okay. yeah. shut down everything. All yeah. the noises, make the room more comfortable, keep the temperature around like 70. Yeah. Sometimes you know, if, if the room is too hot, then you may not sleep well. Yeah. So you need to be comfortable, no noises, um, and don't take any caffeine later in the day. Yeah. Don't drink too much water before uh, bedtime, otherwise you have to get up in the middle of the night to pass urine. So those are like simple uh, life hacks you can do to have a better quality of uh, life. You can do it. Yeah. But uh, the question is, how many of us so of us are so disciplined to do it on our own? That's why we need uh, some help. You know, some people who can afford, they will have their personal trainers. So in our office, we are trying to do is uh, do some yoga classes, relaxation classes. Then uh, we'll bring in some exercise specialists. Then we have a we built a nice uh, kitchen now for cooking. For cooking, so we'll do some uh, healthy cooking demonstration. Um, so we are going to partner with the, there is a restaurant called Clean Eats. So they have better uh, quality, you know, healthy food selections and everything. Then uh, we are going to get you, some of, some of these people are really depressed. They mm -hmm. don't want to admit. So that's why we are going to partner with the, one of these psychologists uh, so that we can do something called cognitive behavioral therapy. Yeah. Because most of these eating, some of them are like, as you said, comfort eating. Yeah. And sometimes out of boredom, they just keep on eating. There's nothing else to do. And your goal is, you know, wellness, wholeness, longevity for folks. So, you know, at a weight loss clinic like this that you guys will be opening Friday, is it um, usually, is it covered by insurance? Is it expensive? You know, how, what can people expect for those? Because that's the question people have is, well, I'd like to go, but can I afford it? You know? Right. So um, we'll try to... Uh, go through the insurance uh, this one because when we started initially we thought okay insurance may not pay we will do cash pay only then I realized when we say cash pay then uh, it will be sort of a deterrence for a lot of my patients so then we said okay let's try the insurance route first and hopefully insurance will pay if the insurance doesn't want to pay because some of the plans they don't do not cover uh, uh, weight loss 
then uh, we will come up with some um, financial uh, package so that it will be useful to them. Although they will be spending some money, uh, but I don't want to make it uh, too money-minded. You know, my thing is, I've done well after coming to this community, and I want to take care of the community. So I wish I could do free. Obviously, you know, <laughs> everything <laughs> everything costs money. Right, and right. Uh, even now we are renovating, and every day Miguel calls me saying, "Doc, I need a check for thousand dollars. I need a check for fifteen thousand dollars." So it's like never ending. <laughs> so yeah, so I wish I could do it free, but uh, I think we'll make it affordable, and especially those people who really cannot afford, still we can um, manage something. So we yeah. can uh, we can definitely help them out. So again, money is not the primary goal. The, the question is, when you come to me, that's what I do in my current practice. Uh, we see, people come to me, they come from all specter of life. Very rich people, highly educated to, you know, people who are doing yard work, all right? People uh, who are disabled, okay? So I cater to everybody, I d and I treat everybody the same. The only difference is some of the insurances do not carry certain <laughs> medications. <Yeah. laughs> so that's the only thing. For my service, it's the same for everybody. So, so yeah. So if they, you know, again, we start. Then as we go, we understand the pulse of the people and how much they are willing to pay, and um, we'll always work with our patients. So yeah, money should not be an issue. And before uh, I let you go, I wanted to go back to your roots a little bit and how you were instrumental in establishing some quality medical care in a rural setting where you were in, in India when you started your career. But uh, one of your uh, biggest achievements that we alluded to earlier was establishing a state-of-the-art uh, snake bite center and uh, saved a lot of lives, hopefully, that people had been bit by cobras. Is that a common thing there, and is that something that um, – is I mean like around here and in the summertime they're they're out too you know. So um, the place uh, where I went to work soon after I finished my I did my initial MBBS degree then I did uh, three years of postgraduate medicine articles MD in internal medicine. Then they called me to a a small place it's called Mudabidri it's in the um, it's in the forest right yeah. and uh, it was infested with the cobras. Wow. And uh, most of the cobra bites happened uh, in the dusk time, right? All these villagers, they go to the um, fields, they're walking through the fields, and most of them, they do not even have shoes. They walk barefooted. Wow. And they accidentally, they tread on the tail of the uh, cobra. And cobras are there to catch the field rats, right? And they, they bite. And uh, cobra uh, poison has uh, neurotoxin, which paralyzes your muscle. It has a hematotoxin, which sort of makes your blood uh, um, uh, thinner and it won't clot. Then there's something called myotoxin that will sort of uh, destroys your tissues. You form a gangrene. This all sounds bad. Yes, it's bad. So uh, because I could see people from that area, they used to be brought to my medical school in uh, Mangalore. And by the time they come, most of them are dead because they go to the local uh, uh, pundits. They give a local medicine and saying that everything is fine, everything is fine. Then suddenly they feel bad, they can't breathe. Then they say, oh, I've done everything I can take him to the nearest medical center, which is about two hours away. By the time they come, most of them, they die. So when I joined this uh, newly formed hospital in Mudabidri, and I told my uh, uh, the manager, I said, uh, actually Dr. Alva, he's the one who set it up. 
I need uh, anti-snake venom. So they had ordered. So 15 days later, I was sitting in my office and I get a call from the ERC. Something is wrong, Something, please come down. So I go there, there is this big guy sitting in the wheelchair and he can't breathe and he see the froth coming out of his mouth. And uh, there were like two village boys, they were like shaking and we had no history. So we put him on the gurney and he goes into cardiac arrest. Then we start pumping his chest. I put a tube in his uh, um, uh, chest and he starts breathing again. Okay, thank God, he's, he's back, right? Then we realized I could see two fang marks in the ankle area. It's a little bit of swelling. I knew that it was a cobra bite. So we used to take, uh, we, see, those days we did not have many advances. We did not have any instruments. We had one manly respir respirator, you know, um, uh, intubator, okay? Um, so what happened was we take the blood and we keep it in the tube, right? And uh, normal blood will clot within six to eight minutes. So you keep on inverting every minute. And after eight or 10 minutes, if it doesn't clot, we know that it's a cobra bite. Really? You didn't need any more uh, testing. Wow. So then um, we stay in by the patient and the subsequent patients, you see them uh, going into neuroparalysis. First you see their eye um, uh, eyelids drooping. So once they start uh, having the droopy eyelids, we know that they're going to stop their breathing within the next 20 minutes. And then when they stop the breathing, we put the tube in. Then we keep them on that ventilator, not intubator, ventilator. So for about, uh, until they come out. And in the meantime, we run this uh, anti-snake venom through their uh, IVs. So it takes the, about 24 hours for them to come back. Wow, so you're not afraid of snakes like Indiana Jones or anything? Um, I mean <laughs> <laughs> so I became you, so famous, then people started calling me saying that, hey, there is a snake in my house. And I tell them, no, no, I'm not, a, I don't catch snakes, but if they bite you, I'll treat you. So That's right, you, you, know, you come to my clinic, <laughs> I'll, I'll help I will you treat out. you, yes, yeah. right. So. And what's it been like for you, one last thing, I mean, now you've been in America for um, you know almost 30 years and uh, been in Columbus for a couple of decades uh, in this part of Georgia, opening up this new weight loss clinic. What's it been like for you coming from like, you know, like my small areas of India, growing up and, and uh, you know, going to medical school and then, you know, coming to, you know, UK and then to the US. What's it been like for you to be able to come here and like you said, give back to folks? Yes, see, that's, that's a strange thing. I think I'm glad you asked that question. See, I have one office in uh, Columbus, one in Opelika, Alabama, right? I drive between the two, which is about 45 minutes drive. Sometimes when I drive, and suddenly I ask myself a question, what am I doing here? <laughs> Where <laughs> I'm I from, started, I'm from India. I'm yeah. from India, I'm in Bantwal, okay? I'm supposed to take care of the folks over there, and I'm here. And uh, then I realize that it's all God's act, you know, and uh, it's all God's will. Otherwise, what is the connection between Bantwal in India and Columbus, Georgia, and Opelika, Alabama. Yeah. There's no connection between the two, <laughs> but the God sort of guided me, you know. Now I know why, because this is the place where we have a, um, a epidemic of diabetes and obesity. And uh, there are not enough endocrinologists like me, very few, there's a shortage of endocrinologists. So, and um, that's why I end up seeing a lot of patients and I get calls every day saying that, oh, could you see this patient? Could you see this patient? And typically when the patients come into my office, they're in very bad shape. Their hemoglobin A1C is like 15, 16%. Their blood sugar are 400 and 500. They're about to go into coma. And it's very satisfying because once we start treating them, and in actual, in our front of the eyes, we can see them getting better and better. 
and patients also they realize that oh man what I was doing you know now my job is to teach them what's wrong with you and how you should take care of yourself and these are the gadgets that I have and they have to make decision to follow what you say correct and yeah. I'm a little bit dictatorial so when I say you have to do it you have to do it because they're like kids you know my patients you know if you give them too many choices then uh, they usually do the bad choices yeah or the easier so one e easier yeah. one yeah. so so my job is to keep them in line so I, I want to you know th sometimes they get upset with me but they know that I mean well I tell them you know you can hate me all you can but <laughs> but the job is my job is you pay me money to keep you healthy I That's want right. you to live long because you can take care of family yeah. because these are the people with the good jobs and uh, great families and grandkids and you know you you mentioned that there are a lot of aspirations and uh, because you did not take good care of yourself then one day boom everything goes wrong you lose everything it's that you late. worked hard that's too late yeah but when you come to my office it's never too late you know because there's still time yeah. because we don't have too much time that's the thing so. yeah yeah and and uh, hopefully you know at your at your new office and, and weight loss and I know it's going to be you know adding more I mean you're busy enough as it is Dr. Belinda yes. but it's but like you said you have a passion for it you have a calling you feel like that especially where we are in Georgia and Alabama there's this epidemic of obesity there's a fast food restaurant on every corner and uh, and I think you said I mean like you can treat yourself I think occasionally but it maybe can't be an everyday every week thing and uh, so, uh, you know, we want to um, help folks out here on, on this podcast and other platforms and, and what you're doing um, to help people to be healthy, not only physically, but, you know, mentally, spiritually, everything. It's kind of like that, like you said, that holistic approach, right? Yeah. Yes. So, it, so the thing is, there is no point in uh, treating only one aspect and uh, ignoring all the rest. So it has to be the whole, I have to treat you like a person. I have to treat your whole person right I cannot uh, give you one medication to take care of a blood pressure or a cholesterol or diabetes and let you go because when you come to see me I look at everything because I don't want to let go of everything because sometimes we say okay let uh, uh, cardiologist take care of that or, or a primary care can uh, uh, take care of that one but I try to do as much as I can so that they can then follow up with their primary care doctors because I prefer them to stay in touch with their primary care doctors because they do a lot for these patients yeah. in, in way of prevention and all those things. And if they have a cardiologist, they have to go there. So um, some of the patients, uh, they don't understand uh, the importance of uh, follow-ups. Because remember, you know, when I see you, when I assess you, when I put you on some medication, then these are the medications, sometimes they have serious side effects. For example, the Ozempic and the Vigovis and uh, now the Munjaro and the Trulicity, all these GLP-1 molecules, they help you to lose weight. But there is always a risk of uh, what you call as pancreatitis. So very small risk, but it's a, it's a risc that we have to watch out. Sorry. And in the rats, it caused, caused medullary cancer of the thyroid. So, you know, not in human beings so far, but we have to keep an eye on it. Yeah. So are, that's why are, are the risks worth it? Yeah. Correct. So it's always a risk versus benefit ratio. But at the moment, we know that these molecules do wonderful things. So uh, benefit is much, much more than uh, any bad effect that can happen. But, th but the thing is, what I'm trying to tell you is when you go on these weight loss medications, um, it's not just losing weight, but you have to be safe because side effects are... You know, if you look at all the medications put together, 
patients can um, uh, lose weight but they can lose muscle mass they can have cardiac arrhythmias because uh, something happens with their electrolyte they will have low magnesium or low potassium they can go into you know some kind of cardiac arrest they can develop pancreatitis they can develop medullary cancer of the thyroid so these are like real side effects although small in number that's the reason you go to your specialist mm -hmm. right so that we can keep you you know healthy that's why we do the lab work that's why we keep on talking we alert you watch out for something because sometimes if you don't tell them and patients say they feel bad at home and they're like oh i will do something later on okay i'll call dr balig on monday no no some of the things you have to call me right away <laughs> that's right you call me right away well thank you dr balig i appreciate your time i know you're a busy man and uh and uh godspeed good luck with the uh the weight loss clinic and i know it's going to be great and uh like you said there's there's a lot of there's a there's a big need for it here and everywhere really yeah yeah that's why you know as i say we we live in this uh, times when there is a epidemic of diabetes yeah it's a major problem for everybody even uh, look at the healthcare itself how many billions of dollars we use to take care of diabetics and uh, people with obesity billions and billions of dollars yeah, yeah so there are like real social implications health implications family implications so it's not a innocent uh, disease this yeah. is a major major endeavor that's why we need people like you we need uh, uh, legislation we need the uh, senators and the councilmen social workers and uh, all these nutritionists yeah psychologists it takes a village right it takes a village. yeah yes, well, thank you so much i appreciate it and thank you very much for all the good stuff you do for the community <laughs> i'm really impressed sir. thank you very much So great to sit down with uh, Dr. Baliga, who uh, just so happened several years ago, he was also in Dancing Stars of Columbus, which I was in a few months ago, all that benefiting Alzheimer's Association and research. And she do he does uh, such great work over the last couple decades uh, across America and here in Columbus, Georgia, where we are. We wish him the best with his new uh, holistic uh, weight loss clinic. And just a quick story about kind of my weight loss journey. Um, you know, I was uh, kind of a, a skinny kid growing up, and uh, I love to eat uh, milkshakes and cereal and whatever else. And you get away with that when you're 16, 20, even 25 years old. But now I'm in my mid-40s, and so, um, you know, back in my 30s, I would, you know, kind of uh, gain weight and get up to 200, 205 pounds as a five foot ten guy. I uh, considered overweight, and uh, then I would go on a diet, South Beach or whatever else. And uh, my wife and I would go on the diet together, and I would lose, you know, 20, 30 pounds over the course of two or three months. And uh, and felt great about it, and then kind of unfortunately got back into those bad habits and cravings and holidays and stress or whatever else with little kids, and so um, would gain that weight back over the course of four to seven months, and then just go back on the diet again. So kind of this back and forth like yo-yo that I mentioned to uh, Dr. Baliga, and uh, then about uh, ten years ago started running and uh, started running longer distance a few years later and. And uh, now that I, you know, run uh, 40 to 50 miles a lot of weeks, sometimes 30 miles a week, 
Uh, I'm able to kind of sort of eat what I want. Uh, don't want to do too much or try to overdo, overindulge perhaps, but uh, this allows me to treat food more like fueling, uh, you know, the hydration and the, the carbs and the sugars sometimes, also the protein and, and uh, eating healthy with vegetables and fruit as well. So, uh, but uh, if I eat healthier, I would lose some weight, but now I'm in kind of that window of uh, about five or six pounds. Uh, where I'm usually close to around 180 and I kind of stay there. But if I guess if I uh, really watched what I ate a lot better, I would probably, you know, kind of get even skinnier. 165, 170 might be faster, but you know what? Got to enjoy life, right? So uh, I wish you guys all the best as uh, on your weight loss journey or trying to get to your goals and uh, just pray for you as, uh, you know, kind of, you know, uh, you know, go to the experts when you need to and, and uh, stay disciplined and get into some good habits for your nutrition, for your fitness. Uh, definitely, uh, you, you won't regret that uh, because uh, you want to be around as long as you can for your kids, your grandkids, for your family, your friends, your job, or whatever else. And because um, we're only here for a short time, life expectancies average about seventy-five or so, and and um, short time here, and I uh, got to make the most of it, right? All right, closing this uh, podcast now in prayer, dear God, just thank you for this opportunity to just talk about. The bodies that you've given us, uh, these are temples, as it says in your word, and that we uh, protect those and uh, use our bodies as a, as a witness, as a tool to to glorify you and to uh, take care of these bodies <clears throat> that uh, we're not stricken down with uh, diseases and other things that, Lord God, that <clears throat> there are certain things that are in our control, but we know, God, that you are ultimately in control. And we just thank you and praise you, God. Just help us to uh, meditate on you and your word and uh, just to, to, to look to you when uh, we need some help with that discipline and, uh, you know, in the word and also for our bodies, whether it comes to exercise and eating right. And uh, Lord God, just know that you set that example for us. In your name we pray, Almighty God. Amen. All right, again, thanks so much for joining us for Run the Race. Uh, you know, you can uh, find it on Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, and uh and if you're on Apple Podcasts, a little purple microphone on your iPhone, uh, go to Run the Race and go to the bottom of the screen real quick, and you can write a, a review, uh, you know, a sentence, three sentences, and give me five stars if you like it, and tell other people about it. Use the hashtag Run the Race. We talk about fitness and faith. Got some great stuff coming up for you soon, and uh, going to uh, talk to a guest hopefully soon about um, some really cool, like, faith and travel and CrossFit. She's uh, a mom here in town that uh, has some some great stories to tell you from all around the world and uh just uh you know she is uh definitely into drama i'll tell you that uh you don't want to miss that conversation coming up and i've got a uh next marathon coming up in just a few weeks in utah next one uh, state number 23 on my journey across the united states so uh i'll have a recap of that later this month hopefully as well so hope you guys have a great morning night whenever you're listening and we'll uh we'll catch you next time